to What's Your Jersey Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Marfuji, and I'm coming at you straight from, you guessed it, New Jersey. What? Uh, if this is your first time listening, hey, thanks for checking the podcast out. I uh, I hope some of you are uh, people I met at Sopranos Con this weekend. It was freaking amazing, guys. I have so many recaps for you, um, and this interview especially was it was just such an honor and a pleasure and just it was a dream come true to sit down with my guest this week at Sopranos Con. So I cannot wait for you guys to hear this interview. Um, before we get to that, I just want to say, hey, meatballs. I call my listeners meatballs. So thanks for tuning in again and welcome to the new meatballs. I want to give a special shout out to Kitten Balls. Philip and Julio, who came by the What's Your Jersey podcast booth at Sopranos Con to say hi. Uh, it was awesome seeing you guys. Um, it, it was also just so great meeting everyone. Um, and it was just a really, really cool experience. And you'll you'll be hearing more about that in a special episode I'm dropping later this week. Um, but I just wanted to let you guys know, if you are in the Princeton, New Jersey area, I am performing this Friday, Black Friday, and it's at Catch Rising Star Princeton, and um, Anthony Rodia is headlining, and it's going to be so much fun. So you guys get your tickets, catchrisingstar.com, or you can just go on my social media at Jacqueline Marfuji, J-A-C-L-Y-N-M-A-R-F-U-G-G-I, and you can find the ticket links there, and I would love to see you. Some of you came to the booth and said you're already coming to the comedy show, so Yes. So excited. Uh, I hope everyone has safe travels this week. I know Thanksgiving is on Thursday and everyone's going around like a crazy person just trying to get everything ready and trying to get to your place of destination. I thought there was going to be weather issues in Jersey, but it's 60 degrees right now. So anyone coming in here, I'm sure it's going to be fine. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Uh, And I just also want to wish everyone a very, very happy healthy Thanksgiving. And I hope you get to spend it with people you love. And if not, I just hope you get to eat a lot, you know, because who doesn't love eating a lot? This girl. I love it. Um, anyway, my guest this week is so inspiring. Definitely listen until the very end. I thought we were only going to do like a 10 minute interview. We ended up going almost a half an hour and I was sitting there with a few we were sitting in the um, kind of like VIP chill area for all the actors to come and take breaks during the convention. And I wasn't expecting to interview anyone. We were just coming in to hang out. And Catherine Narducci, my guest, happened to be sitting there. And she was so just accommodating and awesome and chill and just was like, yeah, let's do it. And guys, if you are someone who performs or is creative or just has a passion in life, definitely listen to this because it's so inspiring. Everyone in the room was sitting there just with chills, just in awe of the story she tells. She talks about booking a Bronx tale, working with Robert De Niro, what it was like being on the set of The Sopranos and filming The Irishman. And then we go back and forth at the very end about how to pronounce certain Italian words. Um, and she's just a, a absolute delight. And she's stunning. She's so stunning. Um, She's like Benjamin Button. She just keeps getting better. Uh, So yeah, it was really great and just so inspiring. So, you know, 
Before we get to her, I just want to say, please, please, please share the podcast with your friends, your family, because that's the best way to find out about podcasts and rate, subscribe, review, keep supporting it, and also keep supporting the sponsors. I put all the links for Plyo Jam and Go Girl Energy Drink in the podcast notes. And yeah, again, have a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, and without further ado, the incredibly talented, sweet, and just sassy as fuck, Catherine Narducci. All right, meatballs. We are in for such a freaking treat. I am so goddamn excited about who is sitting next to me. Guys, she's a legend. She's a legend. (laughs) (laughs) She has been doing the coolest shit right now, especially. Like, I feel like you're on fire. Um, Guys, you might have seen her in The Irishman. Um, We're all here at Sopranos Con, though. You, oh, God, you're from The Sopranos. Everyone give it up for Catherine Narducci. Hi. Hi. I always say everyone give it up like I'm doing a stand-up show. (laughs) 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 It's happening. You look amazing, by the way. Thank you. No, we were all talking backstage because we were right on the side when you were doing the women's panel. And we're like, they just keep getting hotter. (laughs) What's happening? What are you, what's your secret? My secret is I got to be blessed that they made me look frumpy on The Sopranos. And that it it really makes a, an extreme difference when you get into your street clothes, isn't it? So it kind of reverses, you know, the aging process. <laughs> exactly. So it's, it's it's really good. And I feel like also it's like 2019. I think I look better than I did when I was like 22. Like wow. the shit that we can do to our faces and ourselves right now, it's a lot. Yeah, it's yeah, it, it helps. Maintenance and, is and key. And then people use filters. I don't. I will not. Somebody grabs a picture of me and they add the filter. That's fine. But I don't have a filter thing. I don't have the app. I don't do the filters. So on What's Your Jersey, we find out where you're from and how you got to where you are. We're not going to we're going to do like an elevator pitch of that because I don't want to keep you. No, I'm I'm taking my break now. I'm very happy to be here talking. I want to know, like, what got you into acting? Um, My mother. My mother was a poet and my mother sang my aunt was a dancer, and we all lived in the same. My we well, I lived with them in this. My aunt lived in the same building as my mom, and they would be dancing and writing poems and singing. And my mother had an un- incredible voice, and it was almost like in a Bronx tale, the, you know, where he says wasted talent because they were doing all this in the house, mm-hmm. and there was. Um, really wasted talent because they never shared it with the rest of the world because they didn't have that back then. They didn't know what to do with their talent. They just knew that they did it and they did it at home. You must have had some pretty epic family parties then. Well, we, I had epic quality time with my mom and my aunt and all that going on where they would perform in the house. That Those are the best years of my life. And they would just sing and I would be the audience and I would introduce them with a brush. (laughs) My mother's nickname was Bunny. And I'd say, ladies and gentlemen, Bunny Narducci here tonight. And my mother would come out and start singing. That is so amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. Wow. So then you just picked up on it. Yeah, well, then she would have me do little things. And not in a forceful way or a stage mom way. She she wasn't even thinking of making me an actor. We were just having fun in the house. And then we'd watch old movies together, um, Betty Davis yeah. and, um, you know, Joan Crawford and all the old timers, Lana Turner. I'd watch those movies with her. She would make me watch them. And I grew to love movies and old movies and cinema. 
Wow. And so did you just start doing that like right out of school or how did that happen? No, I, I was doing, I was more of a closet case actress. Okay. And I would go on sneaky auditions. My family didn't know I was doing it when I got older and I'd go audition and nobody knew what I was doing. Cause anytime I said I'd want to be an actor, everybody would like, not in a mean way. They'd shut it down and say, what are you talking about? You're not an actor. What do you, what are you doing? Like, get a job. You, yeah, and I and at the time I had two kids and I was a single mom. They'd be like, "Well, you're too old. You're too." Meanwhile, I was in my twenties. Um, <laughs> you're too old. You're this. You're that. And 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 so I started to think, I can't tell this group of people anymore if I want to be an actor because they're mm-hmm. trying to shut me down, and I didn't want to hear it. So then I would just do it on the side so that I would keep going. Yeah. And then I went on a sneaky audition. Um, I took my son for a Bronx Tale. And he didn't get the part for little C. And then I was there and I asked them if I can read for the mom. Because the mother started coming in after my son. My son did his audition. Then the mom role started walking in. But I did not know the mom role was for De Niro's wife. I didn't know it was for the wife of De Niro. I was just like, could I read for whatever they're here for? Because they look like me, my age. You're like, I can do that. Yeah. And they said, you know, come back tomorrow. If we're, That's not an open call. That's for real actresses, SAG actresses. And uh, if we don't find the mom, a SAG mom today, we're opening. That's going to be an open call, too. So call us in the morning. So I called them in the morning. I woke up and they said, we didn't find her. Come on down. And I went and I read. And two days later, my phone rang. And it was De Niro's office. And they said, Bob would like. You, Bob saw your tape and would like you to come down. And I had told my cousin what I did. And I hung up on her because I thought my cousin made somebody call my house and it was a joke. I hung up on them. Oh, my God. And she called back and I was like, who is this? Debbie did it. I was naming all my friends. She's like, no, no, no. This is Ellen Chenoweth. I'm a casting director. You came in and auditioned. This is real. And I, she goes, Bob saw your tape. I was like, who's Bob? She's like, Robert De Niro. I was like, Robert De Niro saw my tape and wants me to come down. Yeah. So, um, hi. It was just incredible, you know. No, that is incredible. Hi, Gino. Hi. It's so good to see you. Oh, it feels like a reunion. And Susie. Yeah. This is my Narducci. Yeah. Look at this. Oh, thank you. Wow, I feel like it's the What's Your Jersey podcast lounge. Yeah. Wait, Catherine, I'm sorry we cut your story short. I want to hear about your experience on that film. Was that your first big, like, break? Role. Yeah, that was my first break, my big role. When I went in for the audition for the callback, and you know, one minute I'm off the street, and the next minute I'm sitting on De Niro's lap doing lines in an audition, like on his lap. How you did know, you improvising? Like hold your composure. I mean, because, that's a true professional. I, right there. I in my audition after I read the sides, after I read the audition, mm-hmm. she said, "You're gonna just read it." You're going to put your sides down for people who don't know that your lines on a piece of paper, put your sides down and you are going to look into the camera and tell us who you are. And the first words out of my mouth is my name is Catherine Arducci and I am supposed to be here today. Chills. Yeah. So when I got to that second audition, I was walking up the stairs. I, there were 20, Bob had told me right out. 2,500 women were here. You got the role. 2,500. And you need to know how many, and you need to know you got the role. You need to know this. Yeah. And he made it clear. So I'm not making that name up from, you know, the air. He told me right out. So when I went into the room, 
I was walking up the stairs going into the room because I was next. I was like the last one. I was at Tribeca for like five hours. And there were all these girls there with headshots and professional actresses. I had nothing. I was sitting there twiddling my thumbs downstairs. When I got up into that room as I was walking up the stairs, because I've never done anything to like this in my life. Yeah. I just looked up and I saw this ray of sunshine coming through the cracks because Tribeca, where Bob's office is, it's like an atrium and it's a skylight. So the sun was coming down and it, I was as I was walking up the stairs, the, and my mother had passed. My mother passed away and the sun was coming down and I was so nervous walking up. And as soon as those sun rays hit my face, I looked up and I just said, okay. My mother was like, stay, breathe, you're going to get this. And I just said, okay. And I walked into the room, and I was still a little nervous, and I looked right at Bob. He was standing in the room, and I looked at him, and I said, "I." he said, hi, how are you? And Chaz Palminteri was to the left of him, and I said, I'm good. I'm just a little nervous. And he goes, you're supposed to be nervous. Have a glass of water. I'm going to be over here when you're done and you don't feel nervous, put your finger up and we'll come and get you. And I drank the water. The sun rays were still in his room. And I looked up and I said, oh my God, mom, please, please. The only way I can get this is if I'm calm and I'm cool, calm and collective and I can do these lines and I could just do it. And my mother again was like, just be calm. And I just shut my eyes and I just went to with my eyes closed, I swear to God. And I, they said, okay, you ready? I was like, yes. I walked over, started doing my lines. And then he said, put it down. We're not doing lines. And we started improvising. And I just did it. And I felt was not nervous. I was supposed to fucking be there. Look at that. I was supposed to be there. And I knew it. And That's you know it. it was and mine. No, what was, nothing, nothing can take it away. What was that like when you get the phone call? Or did, did they the give it to you right there? The phone call was, I had to go back and forth like five or six times. And then the last time I went for a um, screen test where they dress you up. You There's a real set in Tribeca, a real film crew, full-on film crew with film, not digital, uh, <laughs> filming your scene. You do it as if you were going to do it. And I went there, and the other girl who was be, was between me and her, I saw her in the dressing room. And I didn't know about any of this. And I looked over, and I was like, I thought I was the only one because I didn't know how the process went. I was off the street. Yeah. And um, I look over at her, and I'm getting my makeup done, looking in the mirror, getting made to be the mother. And Bob walks in, and he leans over. And I said, I just saw her, and if this means that, I might not come back. I just want to say thank you so much. You believed in me and I'm going for this. Even if I don't get it, you gave me the ability to know that I am supposed to be here and I'm supposed to be an actress. Just thank you. This was enough. Yeah. Right now is enough if I don't get it. And he looked at me and he looked in the mirror and he goes, never trust anybody who says, trust me, but trust me, you're going to see me again. And then they go, Catherine, we're ready for you. And I went out. I did the scene on the fire skate, sat on his lap, did it. I looked at him, left, kissed him and Chaz goodbye. They said, you'll hear over the weekend. She did the scene, the same thing. You'll hear it. They called me over the weekend. Chaz Palminteri calls. My phone rings. 
hi, Rosina. I was like, who's this? He goes, this is Chaz Palminteri. You're going to be playing Robert De Niro's wife, Rosina. And I was just like, Can I tell you something? I auditioned for a Bronx Tale, the musical this year for Rosina's part, and I got to a second callback. I have all the videos on my phone. Aww. Yeah, no, I wasn't the best singer. It just wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't there for it. But that part is just, you're such a strong female and you're so influential. I mean, to me, to so many actresses. So I just want to know, do you have any advice for women that, you know, haven't hit it yet or might want to give up? If you're talking about yourself, <laughs> which I think you are, um, no, I, my advice is, and I, my only advice to any women, men, everybody who wants yeah. to do anything in the arts, once you make your, once God gave you your gift mm-hmm. and you know, it's your gift and you're not forcing something that you don't have. And you have self-awareness and you know you have a gift, a God-given gift, singer, actor, painter. And that gift is inside your heart and you are trying to do it. I don't think if it's in your heart and you, it's your calling, okay? If your vocation meets up with your calling, if your job meets up with your calling, you're twice as blessed on this planet Earth. Mm. And to me, if you have that thing in you and it's in your heart. It doesn't matter if you're singing to two people, if you're singing in your shower, if you get a chance to sing in front of the whole world, if you're collecting your Emmy, whatever it is the singers get, your, your music award, it doesn't matter because you are getting fulfilled whether it's singing to one person, two person, to yourself because that gift, is your gift and it's there. It's in your heart. It's your soul. It's part of your DNA. So you are constantly being fulfilled mm-hmm. if you're doing it. If you're doing it, just so do when it. I work in the actor studio and it's just people in the actor studio and I'm doing a scene, I feel just as fulfilled as if I'm on the set on The Irishman. I feel just as fulfilled. Because I'm doing my calling. I'm doing what's in me. And I got to get something outside, in me, out. Mm -hmm. And I have to have, you know, I need my uh, creative space. And I create my creative space when I'm in the actor's studio. And as long as I'm getting it all out, I don't care where I am. Mm -hmm. If I'm on a set or alone or in the actor's studio, whatever. So to the people who are about to give up, all I have to say, then it's not in your heart. Mm-hmm. Why are you giving up? Keep your day job. Keep acting, singing, painting, wherever you are, from your house. Grab a pen, paint, draw in your house if that's what you need to do. Yeah. And if you, the, the, the cherry on the cake is getting to share it with the world. Mm-hmm. Then that's second. But to do, to do it, to just to do it. Just don't ever give up because... I can't tell you don't give up. That's in your heart saying, I'm going to give up. Then you gave up. I've had the same thing with family and everything, all that being like, get a job, get a job. And I'm like, I'm not, no, I'm not done. Stop. So I get that. I want to know, do you have a favorite memory from doing The Sopranos or something that just like really sticks out in your mind? Um, I have, 
Yeah, my memory is my memory with the Sopranos is wasn't really filming. My memory with the Sopranos was traveling, and this wasn't about awards or anything. But tra- when we would travel to the SAG Awards together, and we would all be together, the friendships. Mm-hmm. My memory of the friendships and the people that I met, and the camaraderie that we had, and the the friendships that it long lifetime friendships. You know, most things you do, you work with people and you're close on set and it's over, it's over. You don't really stay in touch with most of the people. Mm -hmm. But we've had a bond that we've all stayed in touch with each other. And certain people, like, I don't see Edie as much, but I see her. When I see her, I'm so happy to see her. It's like I see a family member that I haven't seen in so long. Or I see certain people that, but I stay in touch with, like, certain People, we're still friends, and they're my friends, and we stay with the, you know with each other still on and off screen. That seems to be the through line that everyone I talk to, they've just you guys are a family. Yeah, no matter if you see each other or not. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. I have, have you had fun at Sopranos Con so far? I have had. Are you overwhelmed? <laughs> I think I think I am overwhelmed, but I'm overwhelmed with joy that yeah. people still come out and still support us and. Like I always say, this place would be, this place today would be an empty shell if they didn't show up. Mm-hmm. We're nothing without people turning on their TV or watching or laughing at the comedian yeah. or, you know, coming, paying a ticket to see the singer or paying a ticket to go to the movies. That's a fan doing that. That's not the execs. That's not yeah. the writers. It's not anybody. That's that's fans. Oh, that's so without so cool. them, it would be an empty theater, an empty concert hall, an empty gallery and empty anything <laughs> be to show for who oh, so yeah. that's how important they are if you really think of, of it yeah what was it like reuniting with bob to work on the irishman um well i reunited with him on a couple of things i was in the madoff uh movie oh um, okay the wizard of laws i i was his secretary on that and i did something else with him like i'm trying to think of the um a show on tv a mini series thing that he produced um it was it was really good to reunite with him. I feel the most comfortable with him than anybody, you know? Yeah. I'm the most comfortable. He's like my my father in this business. Yeah. In this business. He's like my 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 fairy godfather in this business. God. And you're working on the Godfather of Harlem right now, right? Yeah, I'm currently okay. working on that. Can you I tell us a, about I that? I have I just did a movie with Hugh Jackman and a movie with Tom Hardy too that's coming out. Oh, okay. What's the name of that? Uh, with Tom Hardy, it's called Fonzo. I play his sister in that. We did it in New Orleans. Um, and uh, Hugh Jackman, it's called Bed Education. Okay. It's with uh, Hugh Jackman and Allison Jenny. Oh, gosh. Look at you. See? Yeah. And Ray Again. Romano. Oh, <laughs> oh, that one? That yeah. guy? <laughs> yeah, they just got picked up by HBO. Uh, they had a screening in the Toronto Film Fest. So. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, we ask questions on what's your jersey. Do you call it sauce or gravy? Oh, definitely gravy. <laughs> Sauce. <laughs> I call it gravy. Do you call I it, call it gravy. mozzarella or mozzarella? I call it mozzarella. Thank you. God, oh, we're back. <laughs> Do you call it risotto or risotto? Risotto. Oh, see, okay, we got two out of three. Catherine. <laughs> I'm, I'm born and raised in East Harlem. I know. And in East Harlem, like, was uh, so. There was Little Italy on the West End, and on the East End, it was um, East Harlem. Yeah. 
In East Harlem, where the immigrants came off the boat, they went to East Harlem or they went to Little Italy. All the Napolitans, most of them went to East Harlem. A lot of the Sicilians, one, I guess it starts with one, he comes, he goes, hey, it's nice, it's down here, come down here, and they all go there. <laughs> so they went to, went to Little Italy. So in Little Italy versus East Harlem, the slangs. So we say mozzarella, we don't call it calzone, we say gazon. Yes. We say gravy. They say sauce. We say gravy. It's like a slang thing of little pockets of New York. Everybody's going to say something different. Yeah. What? Who? (laughs) Oh, the bathroom? (laughs) I think that's more like the old timers. Yeah. (laughs) Like my uncle used to say slacks. Yes. Yes. And he used to call your apartment a a flat. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, bathroom. Aluminum furl. Yeah. Aluminum furl. Oh, I love it. My mother called... Um, which I still did for a while. Now I changed it. My mother called detergent. She'd say, go buy me suds. <laughs> Sack of suds. Suds. <laughs> suds funny. is what it becomes after you put it in the water. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, you're such a delight. Um, thank you. I just want to say I'm so grateful and thank you so much for doing thank this. Thank you. Yes. I have to say thank you to our mutual friend, Gino Caffarelli. I've been wanting to meet you because I live in LA now. I used to, I grew up in Jersey and I've literally been wanting to meet you for over 10 years because that's when I first moved out there. Wow. Yeah, I know. I'm having my big art show. Um, it opened up yesterday and I couldn't be there. It's in Pasadena. Oh, that's so cool. So I, Matt Dillon's in it. Me and Matt and I paint, but I mean, we paint separately, but we collaborated on things. So Matt, is a very big art collector and a collage, collage, a collage artist. Yeah. And also a painter. And, um, we have a big show in Pasadena, um, up, up until I think January 3rd. Oh my God. That's amazing. Do you know the venue? I'm leaving on Thanksgiving to go. To go to to the art show. Oh, I'm going to be in LA for like two weeks. I'll definitely come to the art show. Meatballs, you can check out Catherine on social media to find out all the dates and the information. Yeah. I call my listeners meatballs, oh, by the okay. way. That's why you're really like so Gaga confused. Like Gaga calls the listeners uh, little monsters. monsters. Yeah. So I got meatballs. I love Gaga. Uh, ups, she retweeted me, and that's my biggest credit so far, guys. What'd she retweet? <laughs> I did a parody of her Million Reasons video. So oh. it's it's really fun. We The timing was great where we just did it right after it dropped and did kind of seem by seeing. It was a million reasons why 2016 sucked. Oh. I'll send it to you. Oh. I love her. Love. She's the best. Have you met her? Oh, yeah. I've been to her house. I've hung <laughs> out with her. Yeah, many times. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. I love her. Well, guys, Catherine's in high demand. I am so grateful that you took your breakout to do What's Your Jersey. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank Good luck you. with the rest of Sopranos Con. <laughs> and um, I'll see you in Pasadena at your art show. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> You're the best. Okay, bye. Just put your paws up. Because you were born this way, baby. My mama told me when I was young, we're all on superstar.